This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokertov, good morning. How are you? Bokertov, yeah. <clears throat> Tough day in Israel today. Um, unfortunately, we are now starting to see some casualties from um, the mm-hmm. uh, ground forces in uh, the Gaza Strip. Um, yesterday, we, we heard news of the death of two Gifati soldiers um, who apparently were attacked when they were in an armored vehicle in, in the Gaza Strip. This morning, we have a further nine names who have been announced by the IDF killed in the Gaza operation, the ground operation. Um, of course, um, our hearts are broken, um, very much so. These are young men who are um, doing God's work for us, um, securing the state of Israel, securing the security of Jews around the world. Um, and unfortunately, um, this is not easy. This is really, really not easy. We are told that the battles in Gaza have been fierce, and the soldiers have been doing an amazing work. We understand that there was an attempt somehow to try to um, take control of the main road across the Gaza Strip in order to somehow try to split <clears throat> the strip into, into various sectors to allow the army to operate um, a little easier. We are also told of huge battles around the area of Jabalia in, in Gaza Strip, which is where <clears throat> a Hamas military stronghold um, was located. And we understand that something like 50 terrorists were killed just in the area of Jabalia yesterday. So some fierce battles. We've also seen a lot of pictures coming out of Gaza showing explosions and showing craters that have been um, created by the um, explosives that the IDF has used, both aerial, both from the airplanes, both from the, the, the aircraft and, of course, on the ground. Um, and the pictures that we're getting from Gaza show residential buildings completely destroyed. And, of course, that's a picture that Hamas very much want the world mm, to see. Mm. This picture of residential buildings, high-rise blocks of apartments, completely destroyed by IDF operations. And I'd like to put that into context, if I may, um, for listeners to understand why we're seeing those pictures. So the Gaza Strip is 365 square kilometers in area. And within the Gaza Strip, we know of at least 500 kilometers of underground tunnels, okay, in an area of 365 square kilometers. So that would translate to at least one kilometer length of tunnel in every single square kilometer on the whole Gaza Strip, plus another kilometer of tunnel on at least another 50% of 
every square kilometer in the Gaza Strip. So the message that I'm trying to send here is that there is almost nowhere in the Gaza Strip which doesn't have military tunnels underneath the ground, including and specifically including civilian areas. Mm. So when you see these civilian um, areas being destroyed, blocks of flats, one forgets about the fact that these are civilian areas that are masking massive military operations underground. And so what you see is above the ground and the destruction that's created above the ground. What you don't see and what you won't hear about is what's been going on below the ground and why the army has decided that that area needs to be targeted because of the massive military activity underground. And if we take that even one step further, there was this interview that was conducted um, by a senior Hamas official by the name of Musa Abu Marzuk. And he conducted an interview with an Arab TV channel. And in Arabic, the interviewer asked him, mm. when you built 500 kilometers of tunnels in Gaza, why didn't you build bomb shelters for civilians? His answer was, the tunnels are for us, meaning for Hamas. The citizens in the Gaza Strip, he said, are the responsibility of the United Nations. That was the response by a senior Hamas official about the tunnels that go underneath these civilian areas. So once again, what I'm asking listeners to do when they see these heart-wrenching pictures, because we're all affected when we see civilian apartments destroyed, devoid of people. There are videos that are being released which show civilian apartment blocks being destroyed. And then you say, well, this genocide term that so many anti-Israelis like to use is potentially true. It could be that this is something of a genocide. But um, again, I just like to put it all into the context by saying that in the first instance, the Israeli authorities spent weeks trying to encourage civilians to leave those areas, not because they want to destroy civilian areas, but because they need to destroy the military installations that run underground. And underground means underneath those apartment buildings. And so just please bear that in mind when you look at it. I know that using this argument to talk to those who are and naysayers, those who are haters of Israel, will never work. We, we, we find somehow find it extremely difficult to, to have a logical conversation because they come at things from such an extreme point of view that logic like this doesn't really apply to them. But for you who are, who, who are humans, we are all humans and we look at things in a human way and we can't not be impacted by the plight of civilians on the ground in Gaza. But just remember that those civilians have been cynically put there by the Hamas authorities in order to somehow mask the military operations underground and that Gaza has been set up for the purpose of Hamas, for them to use it as a springboard to attack Israel, and they have no consideration for the safety of their civilians. Apparently, that is the responsibility 
of the United Nations. Yeah, it's 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 just remarkable, and and the problem is that there is this cognitive dissonance, and that's the problem. You know, as somebody like myself is very active on social media. I, I find it. I find the the madness of it. And I got into a discussion yesterday where I saw somebody saying. Who is Israel even fighting with? There's nobody to fight with. They are just going to bomb and kill civilians. And I, I, I said, no, we know, you know this. They are fighting with Hamas, who has killed 14, butchered 1400 Israelis. And I went into the whole thing and the kidnap, blah, 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 blah. And the response was, send me proof. There is no proof because it didn't happen. It's all Israeli Zionist propaganda. And uh, uh, that's actually, the easiest denial, right? That's the easiest to say. Uh, and, and, the and, problem is, yeah, then, the then, problem is that the Israeli authorities have actually set up viewing sites to allow the international press to view the video evidence of what went on during the October seventh massacres. And I'm thinking to myself. Do we really need to do that? Because people who believe that this happened will know that it happened. And people who don't believe this happened will somehow come back with a video, a, a Photoshop accusation. This is just made up. This is video evidence. Mm, it's AI. I was told, I was told uh, the other day it's all AI. It's AI exactly. generated. Exactly. Mm. It, it's remarkable. So, the, mm. so, so trying to prove it through this video evidence, I mean, for example, when foreign leaders have come to Israel. They've been shown uncut footage of what went on on October the 7th. Ironically, some of it coming from the helmet cameras of the Hamas terrorists themselves and from their phones. They actually filmed these atrocities in order to put them out on social media and to advertise them. And then when people get shown the video evidence, they go, AI. Photoshop, this is not real. You, unfortunately, we will not be able to convince those who do not wish to be convinced. Mm. Those who have decided from the outset that this is not real, that this is all about attacking civilians, I think that our words are wasted on them because there is nothing that we will be able to do to convince them because whatever we say, they will come back with another ridiculous counter-argument, which... Um, has absolutely no evidence in reality, can't be proved in any way. But the fact that they can't prove their point is um, gives them a stronger view than them claiming that we can't prove our point, even though the evidence clearly exists, first-hand mm-hmm. um, experience, video evidence, go to the places and see the destruction right now with your own eyes. It still exists, the, 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 the kibbutzim that have been destroyed uh, are still there. Um, but as I say, it's very, very difficult. Um, and so therefore we need to be very determined in what we're doing and what we believe in. And that's what I'm trying to encourage people, especially those who are outside of Israel, be determined in your belief that the information that you're receiving is accurate. It represents the real situation. Our soldiers are out there on the ground right now doing an absolutely unbelievable job of trying to secure a certain safety for our near future, at least in the near term. Um, and this is a very, very dangerous job that they're doing. But they are well-trained. They have amazing motivation. We can be extremely proud of all the young men and women right now in action who are really representing you in every possible mm-hmm. respect. Mm-hmm. And they are conscious of the fact 
that they represent us and they represent you. They go out knowing this, that this is their job. This is the task that they take upon their shoulders. They are so motivated and they are humans. And the, the moment we start to lose our humanity, that's when we become more like them. And I don't want us to get, I certainly personally don't want us to get to that stage mm. where we lose our humanity in order to somehow think that that would be a better way of attacking this problem. People who have lost their humanity when dealing with us. When you hear the stories about how those hostages were taken, the two old ladies who were released, it told, um, the, the, told people around them that they were kidnapped, that they were strapped onto the back of a motorcycle. One lady aged 79 and another one aged 85. They were strapped, tied onto the back of a motorcycle, and they were hit with an object while being driven from Israel to Gaza. Think about that kind of vision in your mind. Two old ladies being treated in this way. One comes back with a dislocated shoulder two weeks later from the kidnapping event, which was so brutal. And then we send our soldiers in to try and take care of this. And our soldiers are humans. And they take care of civilians. And they send pamphlets to warn people about what's going to happen next. And they send roof knocks to, to, to innocent families to get out of that building before it gets destroyed because of the military tunnels underneath it. This is the humanity that we cannot afford to lose in spite of the accusations that we get labeled by uh, from the international community. Absolutely. Uh, can we just talk for a moment about the aerial threats on a lat? What is going on? On uh, because that's clearly another front. We've got the north, we've got Gaza, and uh, there is no doubt that uh, Yemen and the Houthis seem to be uh, starting to get involved there. They certainly are, and it's interesting that the Houthis in Yemen have the wherewithal to launch a ballistic missile, just for the sake of those listeners who don't recall, a ballistic missile is a missile that is launched that goes outside of the Earth's atmosphere and then re-enters the Earth's atmosphere towards the target which is, it has been sent to attack. That is the nature of a ballistic missile. And the Houthis in Yemen are launching ballistic missiles. How are they doing that? clearly being funded and helped by Iran, being used as an Iranian proxy, but they are launching ballistic missiles towards Israel, towards the city of Eilat. And yesterday we had a situation where two missiles that were headed towards Eilat were intercepted and destroyed before they were able to do any damage. The Israel's relatively new Arrows anti-missile system, which is specifically designed to intercept ballistic missiles, was used yesterday, was in action, and did an amazing, accurate job against a missile which is precision-guided, which is highly sophisticated, did an amazing job of destroying those missiles before they could cause any damage or injury. And these are extremely dangerous missiles. If any of them are missed, then it could be a very big disaster in the making. But fortunately, we have arrows, which was used yesterday. Uh, and we're expecting that, that will be, there will be more of the same um, in the future because Iran is clearly 
um, pushing the Houthis to get involved. We have the south, as you've mentioned, Howard. We have activity on the north, which continued yesterday. We had barrages of rockets towards Tel Aviv yesterday. So in spite of the uh, ground activity in Gaza, there is still the ability to fire missiles towards the Tel Aviv area as of now from Gaza. We also have a lot of activity within Judea and Samaria. We had activity, uh, attacks against terrorist uh, activity in Janine over the last uh, two or three days. So we have a number of different fronts which the IDF is working on at the moment, um, all highly complex and highly sophisticated. But as I said before, our army is very much up to it. They are extremely motivated to get this job done. Young men and women out there giving up their day jobs, going out. I've spoken to numerous families. Husbands have left children and wives behind to go to the front to do their jobs. They do it willingly and they do it gladly. Their children are stepping up, a lot of teenagers taking the place of their parents while uh, people are on the front line. The country is extremely motivated. And yachad nenatzeach. Together we will win this Absolutely, and we know we have the support of all the good people from outside of Israel, Jews, non-Jews alike, and we very much value that. Anthony Reich, thank you, as always. Unsigned says, um, Howard, why do you even bother responding to haters on social media? I've stopped responding and saying anything. It's never going to change people's opinions. So I'll tell you why I do it, Unsigned. I do it for two main reasons. I do it for the people who are reading what they write. And uh, so it's not for them. It is for their followers. So I respond to it. So other people do not get the impression that what they are saying is absolute. And I do it for us, to be honest. I do it for supporters of Israel who don't have the ability to write and don't have maybe the courage to do so or maybe are in an environment where they are afraid to do so. So I do it for us as well so that we can hear a voice. Other Jews and other supporters of Israel can hear a voice that maybe gives them just a little bit of uh, of hope that there's somebody and some voices standing up for justice. It's 801. That Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Tzahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all.